0: step into the world of advertising with FjordCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjordCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjordCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjordCast with your host Tim Barsness.
1: Thanks for joining us on Fjordcast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjord, And today on our show, we will be talking with Chuck Kelly about his Minneapolis-based agency, Preston Kelly. Welcome to the show, Chuck.
2: Thanks for having me, Tim.
1: So, Chuck, Preston Kelly has been around what seems like forever. When were you guys founded?
2: <laughs> well, its it's been a long time in the uh, advertising age world. The agency itself has been around for 66 years but we've uh, we've sort of changed ourselves, reincarnated ourselves eight years ago when we changed our name from Kirker to Preston Kelly.
1: And what brought on that name change?
2: Yeah, uh, several things. One is that uh, we were moving to Northeast Minneapolis, and it was uh, brought us a whole lot of changes and a whole lot of things that we wanted to do differently, as from a business standpoint and as far as the attitude we had with the business. So. We ask uh, our clients, we ask people who work here, we ask consultants, you know, what about changing our name? And they said that uh, if we change the name from Kirker, who uh, was named after Dick Kirker, who had been out of the agency for 20, more, 20 plus years, if we change it to our names, would uh, would that work? And uh, everyone we talked to said yes, because it shows you have great confidence in the future of the agency, and you had great confidence in uh, what you guys could achieve. So go for it. and. The, uh, the order of Preston Kelly was sort of uh, required because if you do a search on Kelly Preston, all of a sudden you find page after page after page of uh, information on John Travolta's wife. <laughs> got it. And you didn't want to compete with that. No, I th- we thought that uh, she might have an, an advantage on the two of us.
1: <laughs> you got it. So you are the Kelly. Tell us a little bit about Preston.
2: Um. Well, I'll tell you as little as possible., no, that's not <laughs> we've, we've been partners for 16 years, and it's a great partnership. And Chris is uh, the person who leads all of our creative efforts. Uh, he's a, uh, he has a wonderful uh, creative sense and understands what I really truly respect him and I respect many things that Chris does, but he always uh, approaches a creative solution based on insights, and he's, he wants to make sure that, it, uh, that the creative connects and the creative and the creative re, uh, resonates so he's he makes sure that uh everyone in the department and everyone that works um, here at Preston Kelly is we're always looking for insights and insights that can uh turn into a great creative he's and he's also um he's a great guy and the third thing about him that you should know is that he is um He's probably one of the most persuasive creative presenters that I've ever been around. So he's he's a he's a great person to be with as a business partner.
1: So Chris does creative. What uh? What is your role?
2: <laughs> I do a little of this and a little of that, but primarily my responsibilities on a day to day basis include. Um, and making sure that our client relationships are running the way we want them, and most importantly, the way our clients want them to be running. The second thing is, I'm responsible for new business at the agency. So when we're when we're in the process of uh, looking for new clients, or they're they're looking uh, for us, we want to make sure that. Uh, We do everything in a timely, responsible, responsive, and as smart as we can be. Uh, The third thing is um, that I'm responsible for as the business part of our business, the financial end of it, to make sure that we're uh, doing things uh, that are financially astute.
1: It sounds like you guys have really uh, complementary skill sets.
2: Yeah, we really do, and and I, you know, it's a, as I said, it's 16 years uh, that we've been together, and it feels, it, it's one that uh, it's a little cliché, but there are some things I think there are some partnerships that were that were made to be, and this is one of them. And interestingly, we didn't know each other until we were interviewing for a new creative director job, and Chris expressed some interest, and uh, and we we met at that at that at that time for the first time.
1: Man, that's great. How big is your team today?
2: We have about 45 people at Preston Kelly.
1: Very impressive. Why did you get into the advertising field?
2: Hmm. That's a, you know I ask myself that every once in a while as well. <laughs> uh, you know it wasn't by design. I can't say that. in when I had a some kind of a, a, a of a dream one night that said you must go to advertising or get into advertising, uh, it came. Uh, I stumbled into it, and I have a journalism and English background. And one day a recruiter, um, I was and still in uh, just finishing grad school and the recruiter came and said there's an opportunity for you if you're interested in being a copywriter at an agency in minneapolis it was a small agency no longer in business and i thought i got nothing to lose i, I you know i don't know much about the advertising business i want to try it you know it's a, it'll be good for my uh, portfolio someday in in my life and i gave it a try i found that uh Probably the creative side uh, I gave me a great appreciation for the the difficulty of coming up with great ideas, but it probably wasn't my strong suit, uh, whereas strategy was client relationships well, I was you know was a better fit for me. and I, uh, I changed from the creative side to the uh, to the account side and um, found it to be a, as I said, a, a good match and' I've, I've enjoyed it ever since.
1: Sounds like you really um, kind of recognized or learned your strengths and, and started to leverage them. That's really cool.
2: Yeah, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's one, one of the things that uh, was a little bit difficult. You know, you you look into the mirror and you go, you know, this path is of, uh, you know, of, of working with clients and working on the strategic side is probably where you're better suited. And uh, it, But I, you know… I did not enjoy the creative side, but uh, sometimes you got to look at reality and accept the fate.
1: So, what kind of work does Preston Kelly do?
2: In the way, we would we classify ourselves as an integrated agency. And today, if um, if you walk into our our offices, and for those of you that know Minneapolis, we're in northeast Minneapolis, just over the Hennepin uh, Avenue Bridge. And what the kind of work we do is um, it's full service. We have a full digital group. We have uh, traditional services, strategic services, uh, public relations, uh, media department, and audio production and video production as well. So we're, we believe that it's hard for us to uh, have clients. Um, and be able to suit what their needs may be if we don't offer a full complement of, of uh, communication services. Because every client and every brand has a little bit different need, so we need to make sure that we have the best solution for what their branding need may be. Very cool.
1: What's the coolest thing Press and Kelly has ever done? <laughs>
2: you know this is a question and I, I admit that I had questions these some of these questions I knew about beforehand and this one I've I thought wow that is really that's really an interesting question it's a it's it's a great question because the coolest thing I, we've ever done it boils down to maybe one of two different ways to approach the question one way is that the best thing we've ever done I always felt you know from my own Personal perspective in the business was when Chris and I became partners in the business. I think it's it's given us opportunities. It's been a good business decision, and it's allowed our clients to have, you know, I think a good team that works together well. But then, when you come of something that that we have done and that we're very proud of, I think one thing that uh, we we are continually proud of is that about nine years ago we began working with health partners and at the time everybody's advertising and everybody's brand more importantly was pretty much confused and the research showed that no one knew one one brand's uh, advertising from another in the insurance plan marketplace in the in the greater twin cities area and uh, over over a four or five year period we were able to create clear differentiation with a campaign that was distinct and made uh, the health partners, people proud, as well as distinguishing itself in the marketplace. I'm, I'm proud that we could come in and take a brand that had been in the marketplace, been established, and give it new vitality, give it new energy, and a new perspective on life. And it's, and it's sort of awoken the marketplace that's a new day in healthcare marketing, and everybody has to play a little bit harder
1: that's great. What do you think about your strategy for health partners made it so successful?
2: You know it's one of the things that we talk about is everybody looked the same you know if you if and you still see it too many places today in my opinion when it comes to healthcare marketing if you go on a site, you on a website, or if you see advertising, many times you're going to see smiling doctors. Or if you don't see smiling doctors, you're going to see smiling patients. Or maybe it's a combination of smiling doctors with smiling patients. So we wanted to make sure that we had a look and feel that was uh, totally uh, unique to, to health partners. So that was part of it. But the other part of it, it had to have a message that, was, that resonated with consumers as well. And our message was uh, we learned from research and talking to a lot of different uh, consumers that everybody was frustrated with the complexity of their health care insurance, how difficult it is, how laborious it is, how tough it is to get an appointment, uh, and if we could just make it simple. So that was the approach we took, as the leading with it, you know, healthy can be simple. So it it was a way of uh, saying that, yeah, it doesn't have to be like it always has been. Give health partners a try because, you know, we'll make it easier for you. And we did it by uh, with a distinguished look and feel.
1: That's great. You've got to be willing to be different in order to move forward. So we need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about what makes Chuck and Preston Kelly successful.
0: Don't go away. George Cast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with Cast, only on Cranberry Radio.
1: Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness. We are here with Chuck Kelly from Minneapolis-based agency Preston Kelly. So, Chuck, what... What makes Preston Kelly successful?
2: Well, it would it would be our people. You know, I I think in the uh, in the agency business, there are a few secrets, and you know that uh, from one agency to another, the thing that uh, that is critical for us and what uh, what what we're very proud of as an agency are our people. We think that uh, you know we have people that are very dedicated and committed to the business. Um, who are make it their passion to be uh, ongoing, uh, never stop learners, who um, have a you know a thirst for learning more and more about clients, brands, and the consumers that use them, and why they do that or why they don't use it. Um, and it's you know I have without hesitation you know when people say you know what makes us successful. There's, there's one thing and one thing only, and that's the people that uh, choose to work with us, and uh, we continue to grow with them.
1: How do you guys find good people?
2: That's a great question. And, you know, in today's world, I think finding, finding great people uh, comes from many different sources. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, we, we always try and uh, be on the lookout for when uh, we may not have a, an, a position open at the time. But if we see a candidate that we think at the right time and the right place would make a great addition to the agency, we we we're, we we're begin contact with that with that individual and uh, we try and grow a relationship. So when it becomes time, when the time comes for us and we've grown and added a, at a position that fits this individual, uh, we have somebody in mind um, and we don't it doesn't start from scratch. They know about us um, and we know about them. And so it feels, um, you know, it feels like we're just continuing a, a dialogue, continuing a conversation instead of starting one. And I think that, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that we have to uh, always be aware of as we look for talented individuals is that they're not going to come up in a three-week three window when you have to, you know, find a person because for whatever reason that may be. Uh, so it's a responsibility to always be alert And and create um, dialogues with those individuals and then at the right time um, have them join your organization.
1: It's great that you're proactive in your recruitment. Do people generally know that uh, they're being recruited?
2: Oh, yeah, I think so. You know, I think that, I think people are always interested in, you know, having an idea for what their next step may be as well. They may not be interested in, you know, in in moving at the moment, but to know that uh, it's always gratifying when somebody says, hey, you're a very talented individual. We'd like to know more about you. Um, You know, people would generally want to know more about the organizations that feels that way about them. So it's, it's good to have that dialogue and, and, uh, and learn more about people. And it's, it's just a healthy exercise.
1: Do you head up the charge for for recruitment, or who who does that within your organization?
2: You know what I, I think th- um, it, it's a it needs to be an, an agency wide kind of an endeavor, and we have well, this is the the receptionist that we have now um, came from the result of a of some of a recommendation by one of our project managers and an account manager, uh, so. And but uh you know we also have um, our account director came from uh, you know another recommendation from some uh, from a person in our digital group who had, um, who knew this individual so no it, it isn't the responsibility of, of just me or one of us uh, you know we We all want to be working with great people, so when any one of us recognizes uh, a person we think would be great to work with at the agency, you know we bring it to one another's attention and uh, can start the dialogue.
1: Perfect. So I want to revisit quickly your comments on Health Partners rebranding and how you mentioned that you know you were kind of trying to create the perception that healthcare was simple or create the image of simple healthcare. Can you talk a little bit about how Health Partners' business had to change to align with that new message?
2: Yeah, you know it's a uh, it's a very complicated thing. Uh, but they they tried to make things simple when it came to things such as you know some the government and with the Affordable Care Act there are lots of things that have to be done in a certain way and no one organization can change that. However, what one organization can do is make it as simple as possible and explaining what has to be done, making it as simple as possible and laying out the steps that have to be taken before the whole process is complete, you know, making it simple as possible uh, for things like going online and making an appointment uh, as opposed to having to call just during business hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. So, you know, it's, it is taking – sometimes simple is like taking the surprise out of the process. Like you do one thing and, oh, that means I have to do another. And that leads to the third thing, and it leads to the fourth thing. If a person understands the process from the beginning, they may not like it all, but at least they understand what they're going to be going through. So we try to you know, make things understandable, speak uh, as clearly as possible. Put it in the proper language so, you know, for different uh, ethnic groups have the opportunity to be read in, in, a, in the language that they're most familiar with. Do things that, uh, you know, make it simple for the individual so they feel that they are at least in somewhat of con- in control of the process instead of having the process control them.
1: Are you guys helping make recommendations like booking appointments online, that kind of thing?
2: You know, we certainly have done that, and uh, and but I have I have to tell you, and I because we can't be take too much credit here. Just about every healthcare organization knows if they don't have that now. They really need it, and you know, they're one of the things that uh, that consumers tell us is, you know, look at on, on a with a bank app, I can go online. 24-7, and always know how much money is, is in my account. You know, I want to be able to do the same thing if I go on online and, and I want to know if I can make a an appointment next Friday for a specialist or, or what can I do. So it's everybody is very much aware of it. Making it happen is uh, a little more complicated.
1: Absolutely, definitely a challenge. What yeah. do you see as the next big uh, trend in your field? Uh, you, you
2: know, I... I don't know this, if it's a big trend. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a revolutionary trend as the way I should phrase that because it certainly is a big trend, but you know, how, how will we be more effective in building brands, um, as people, you know, their, their lives, their lives will be, you know, almost everything that they have will be in their, in their mobile phone. If, um, how can we be most effective in using that device to communicate the information that a consumer needs wants should have about a brand doing it in a timely process, doing it in a way that stands out and you know get the right response from the person? I, I think one of the things that gets often gets overlooked is that as we get into technology and the more involved technology becomes, and the more fascinating technology becomes. What we often lose sight of is that yes, technology is important, and yes, technology makes incredible advancements for how people can use and have devices uh, at their fingertips with inc- with incredible amounts of, of operating power. But what we have not yet what we have not yet figured out I don't think is you know people still are driven by emotion. And they're going to be driven by emotion if they use a phone as as a mobile phone as well. So I think one of the things is understanding that device, but understanding how it can you can still drive an emotional response for a brand while using it.
1: And you have to do that in in kind of a different way than you would say on, in a TV ad or or something else.
2: Most certainly, you know, yeah. you don't, Yep, you have smaller bites of time, oftentimes different uses than uh, you know than a TV ad. So yeah, it's it's a challenge.
1: Yeah, the attention span thing is an issue everywhere, but it's, it's even more relevant on mobile.
2: Right. It, yeah, it certainly is. So we need to take a break,
1: uh, but when we come back, we will cover TV viewership versus streaming and its impact on advertisers as well as how to create an app that customers will use.
0: Don't go away. GeorgeCast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com,
2: the independent authority on search vendors.
0: Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with Cast, only on Cranberry Radio.
1: Welcome back to Fjordcast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness. I'm here with Chuck Kelly of Preston Kelly. Our first story today is a report from Adweek that TV viewership is down, but there's a symbiotic relationship between TV and streaming, which keeps it relevant. So Chuck, have you cut the cord yet? Uh,
2: not entirely. Not entirely? Do you think no. you ever will? Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think. yeah, I think so.
1: I find myself watching more and more um, streaming content, but at the same time, there are some things that currently you can only get on TV.
2: I, uh, that's true. I think it's, you know, I think how program programming and networks and TV networks is going to continue to change and evolve. So, you know, the Amazons and the Netflix and those distributors of um, of content are going to, you know, and Hulu Hulu's and continue to play uh, huge huge roles. And I, I can't tell you that I totally understand how it's going to happen, but I know it's it's not going to be the same as it is today.
1: Do you think we'll start to see more ads on, I guess, streaming content?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know where where there's a possibility. You know, it certainly will be explored, and that's that's a definite possibility. I don't think it can be ignored.
1: Right. Exactly. My experience right now is the ads that you see are um, tend to be, I guess, fairly repetitive. So you get you get lots of repetition, not a lot of variety. But you know, hopefully hopefully it'll change over time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know I think that you know I, I think that it's going to be a difficult thing it's going to be it's not going to be difficult is this, it's just going to take time to learn how to most effectively use the you know the medium and uh what will resonate with people who are streaming
1: yeah exactly so our next story um by the American marketing association's halconic is Um, How to create apps customers will use. The story outlines 90% of users' mobile time is spent in apps, but getting them to stick with it is still challenging. 23% are downloaded and never used again. Chuck, has uh, Preston Kelly done any mobile app development?
2: You know, we have. I can't tell you that we've done a lot, uh, but we're probably about uh, two or three weeks uh, away from launching uh, an app for one of our uh, clients, and we've done... We've, we've done others previous to that, but you know, it's it is one of those things that uh, it, it's a it, it's a learning process every time we do it.
1: Um, what do you, what do you guys do to drive engagement in mobile apps?
2: It's a great question, and I think our how we drive engagement. One of the things this story mentions is the fact that you you really have to ask users what they want, and I think that's that's what drives engagement. You can't you can't manufacture engagement. You've got to do something that uh, is will people will want to use, need to use, and find it uh, easy to use. And so I, that's where we try and uh, to drive engagements by giving people what they really need as a useful tool.
1: Exactly. I think the the overarching point is that people are only going to use apps if they find them useful. Right, um, yep. So you got to figure out what what they find useful so you can give them more of it.
2: Yeah, it's you know what it's sort of a curious thing because if you're doing an app or if you're doing um, any, just about any form of brand communications, if you don't talk to consumers first and find out what they need, it's you know it's it's a crapshoot. You don't know really what you should be talking about. So it's one of the things. As as many things do change, some of the fundamentals of you know of really great marketing, like listening to your consumers, have not changed.
1: Yeah, exactly. It'll, I think that'll be relevant on any platform we see.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: So, our final story leading into it is uh Facebook has reached four million advertisers four million million businesses advertising on Facebook. Do you have any customers advertising on facebook
2: you know we do and and it's for depending on the the type of product and the uh and the the business and the the brand itself, we've had some really quite good successes. do you
1: see any any indication that that number won't continue to grow
2: you know at at this time, no because it's, it's it's so accessible and it's you know and it's so price effective price efficient you know I, there's no reason and if if people continue to get results uh, from their advertising on Facebook which seems to be the case so far no it's hard to imagine it won't continue growing
1: yeah I couldn't agree more so that's it for this episode of Fjordcast. cast. Uh, I'm Tim Barsness of web and mobile development company Fjord. Thank you for being with us today, Chuck. How can people reach you, Chuck?
2: C Kelly at prestonkelly.com and Kelly is spelled K E L L Y. Perfect.
1: You can download episodes of our program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and very soon on iHeartRadio.